For sure. Yeah. So I'll start off with, yeah, I went to JMU. Uh, once I graduated high school in 2014, I went to JMU from 2014 to 2018. Um, and then I picked up DJing probably sophomore year, right? Uh, I was in a fraternity and I would go to these parties and the music was just not good. You know what I mean? Or you had some kid like unplugging the phone, plugging his in, everybody like, yeah, I'll put this on, right? We're like, we need to figure this out. And then everybody, we always get the emails and the message kids like, yo, chicks are leaving the party. We got to keep them here. Get the better music on. So then I bought my first DJ board when I was a sophomore for Christmas. And I got into it because I went to a show in New York City at this club called Pasha that was now shut down. And I saw an artist called Knife Party, but the opener was called Audion, right? And I loved Audion so much because he played such happy, uplifting music. And then it went straight to dubstep. And I was like, wait, this is cool. I want to try it. Uh, then at JMU, but my first board started mixing around in my bedroom and uh, realistically, dude, I just played my fraternity. People were like, yo, that was lit. Then we had like another fraternity fraternity party with a different sorority. I just kept playing music. And then all these other fraternities were like, yo, we need a DJ now too, right? So everybody needed a DJ. So then maybe when I got into like junior year, I was playing like every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, most likely every other week or that week of, I would always have a show, which was dope, right? So that's how I kind of got my name out there at the school because of the fraternities, right? It's very good leverage because you have 100 people in a fraternity. All the sororities are there, just like word of mouth. And then senior year picked up because uh, I wanted to set some goals for myself. I was like, damn, like I want to take this DJ career a little different, right? I played a bar gig for five hours compared to a fraternity show that was like an hour, hour and a half. And the bar gig was no fun for me, man. It was like people with constant requests 24-7. It was like you have to play like this, this, and this. So I said, how do I change this? I like playing the fraternity shows. I like the idea of playing like an hour and a half set. <clears throat> so then I was like, yo, I got to start producing music. So that was like one of my first goals. Let's start producing music. Let's get dabbling with it. And as that was one of my goals, I also had goals of playing at different schools rather than JMU. So some of my buddies had friends at UVA because it's an hour and a half away. My buddy that goes to Gettysburg was like, yo, come play Gettysburg. I always play like your SoundCloud mixes. So that's how I got to Gettysburg and UVA. And then it branched out from there. People were like, yo, I have a friend here, you know? So it's just good word of mouth. You know? Yeah. How did you find JMU? Because I mean, you live in Long Island, New York, and JMU is not like a terribly big school. So how did you come across JMU? Yeah, actually, dude, <clears throat> I, I applied for like University of Vermont, Delaware, Ohio, of Miami, um, some other schools. And then my guidance counselor was like, yo, you got to go visit JMU. And JMU is the only school I actually visited. So my guidance counselor put in a good word. <clears throat> he said it's very similar to Delaware vibe. This is Virginia. And then when I went to the campus, it was drop dead gorgeous, dude. It was like a girl wearing a nice sundress. You're like, this is amazing, you know? The ratio, bro. Yeah, 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 dude. JMU is a great school. Great school. Yeah, I love it. I mean, uh, I, I visit every now and then. And uh, like I said, I got, I got plenty of friends to go there. But uh, I read, like I said earlier, I read on, uh, on an article from JMU that you keep a notepad with you. When did you start doing that? And how has it helped you with the success that you've, you've had? Yeah, so I keep a notepad on me, which is just my iPhone with the notes in there and I lock it up, right? And it's just like kind of like mostly the worst part about it is sometimes the, the things that you write down is the things where you messed up because you remember them the most. Like I remember one time like the audio went out, I wrote that down. I, then I was like, okay, I gotta learn from this mistake what I do here. So I learned from my mistakes there. But the notepad was always something good because I have my goals in there and what happened that night, what songs went pretty well, what songs didn't work. And then I just started adding on to that. So I had like 50 songs out of the 50, 25 were good, 25 were ass. And I said, okay, let's make this a little bigger. Let's make them all good songs. You know, you need that roller coaster vibe for the songs that are like, it's height, it's a little chiller, but they're all good, you know? Yeah. Now this is a random question, but um, when you're DJing, if the vibes are off at the party, how do you hype up the crowd? And like in your control of music, obviously. Yeah, so <clears throat> that's, a, that's a great question, right? Sometimes when I play a party, 
now, nowadays when I play part, people are like, okay, I'm coming to see D-Rock. I know the vibes he plays, right? In the beginning when I was playing, people would be like, who is this kid, blah, blah, blah. So you really have to gauge with the audience, right? And one of the best things I did before a show, I would always ask people, like, if I had a private party, if I had a fraternity, I'd be like, yo, do you want me to send me over a Spotify playlist of some of your favorite tracks, right? Because your friends are who you, who, who you are, who you hang out with is who you are, right? So if your friends are all listening to the future, you're obviously going to put some pop smoke in there too, right? All your friends listen to EDM, that was a little easier for me, you know? So realistically, I always try and get that before the party to, to get approval. But during the event, mostly it just kind of comes down to what people are moving to, right? You play a track, see what people want to do. You kind of gauge the audience, see their crowd, see if they're all drunk, see if they're all sober. Try to play the songs that everybody knows, right? And then you also want to get some songs and they'd be like, yo, I kind of like this song. What is it? And then that's that's a good thing, you know? Yeah. Personally, what type of music do you like to play? Like if you if you could choose and you didn't really have to listen to the audience. Yeah, I, I like the, uh, <clears throat> I like the, um, it's a little hard to transition these songs, right? I like that range of like the 100 BPM, um, slower range, like the 128 is the four on the four, like mm-ts, mm-ts, mm-ts. that's easy to transition with, but I like the 100 BPM where it's a lot of future bass type stuff and a little bit more of like the tropical house future bass vibe. So I really like playing that, but sometimes it's a little hard to transition because it's not easy to transition songs. Is there a difference between music that you like to mix and music that you like to, like to listen to on your free time? Or do you listen to a lot oh, of stuff yeah. like that? Yeah, 100%. Dude. I grew up on Screamo. Then I went into pop punk, like Blink-182 vibes. Mm-hmm. Then I went into some hard dubstep. Then I went into Tropical House, which was always like my foundation, right? Because I love that sunset vibe, Tropical House, feel good. But now I'm dabbling into <clears throat> more of like that live experience where I have a saxophonist play with me on my song. And when I play at shows, I have a violinist. And the music I make is very tropical. I'm kind of going into that back where I was a kid vibe, where I'm having like some more drums and some more Machine Gun Kelly pop punk Blue Way 2 vibe. So it's really cool. I still haven't figured out my sound because everything that I make, I'm like, this is different from the other song, but I love it, you know? Hey, you got to be unique. And that's pretty sick that you said like you have violinists on some of your tracks and stuff. Like, like mm. that's that's really dope. Like that's that's an underrated instrument in my book. For sure. Like when's the last time you saw a violinist play electric on an EDM song? You're like, that's kind of tough. That's very tough, dude. Now, since you started with music, um, if you can pinpoint one night, which has been the most memorable for you as a DJ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would be once I started getting my name for myself senior year at JMU, there was a show in Charlottesville at a big venue with uh, Cap Slap, someone like a Two Friends or a White Panda, if that's familiar to the, the audience I've listened to. He had a show. I reached out to his booking agent. I was like, hey, I would love to play. I'm pretty close. I have a big following here. And he was like, fine, I'll put you on, right? So that was a great show. I sent like three party buses from JMU all the way to UVA and back. It was awesome, right? Everybody was there just to support me. And it was such a great show, right? And sending the buses there was a pain in the ass, right? Because you got to organize everything, right? Because I'm a one-man yeah. band, but it was great, dude. I loved it. That was the best experience ever, getting your first real show, you know? Yeah, that's sick, dude. And uh, if you were eternally stuck in one year's music scene, which year would you choose? Uh, dude, the COVID music scene, right? A lot of people talk about it as like, oh, I didn't have any shows, but I was able to produce 14 songs. So right when COVID stopped and like this summer, COVID, I'm going to say COVID ended in May, which has never ended, but I had 14 songs lined up. So I have, uh, I already released four so far this summer. I have another one coming out this Friday, another one coming out two weeks from now, another one coming out three weeks from there. And I have the rest of the songs. So I have the ability to make all this music because I had so much more free time, you know? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about this song that's dropping on Friday. Yeah. So the song is dropping on this label called Swove. It's like a tropical house label, feel good vibes. Um, the song is called Feels Like. It talks about like, this is what it feels like. And the artwork is actually 
some guy sitting on a mountain looking out into this beautiful horizon where it's like a big ocean and then it turns into a mountain and then it turns into a big wave. And I really like that idea of like the, uh, the mountains turning into a wave, right? And the vibe is very chill, right? It's at 120 BPM, nothing crazy, no vocal chop, really just a basic nice sub. And it's like one of those chill songs that you can hear yourself driving to, like come back from the beach after a long day, you know, and it, uh, yeah. just good vibes all around, you know? I was going to say, that sounds like a good vibe song, dude. For sure. How long, how long does it take to produce one song? Uh, every song's different, right? Some songs take me three hours. Some songs take me, I've been working on this one song for three months now. And then there's another song that took me about a year. I'm still trying to pitch it to the right label to sign it, right? Because I'm independent, but I try and send my tracks to labels because they offer the different, these different assets, like marketing assets, promotion assets, and they help you because they that's how they make their money, you know? Yeah. Now, I, I heard, heard you say, like, you're, you're mostly independent, but are there some people that you uh, collab with pretty often on tracks? Yeah, I always, I usually, I usually always collab with someone on track. I always have a vocalist, right? Um, I've never put out an instrumental. And then I usually, cause I, I can't play any instruments, guitar or piano or violin or saxophone. Right. So I have them. And then I also have some co-producers on a couple tracks. Right. So that's in the music scene, but sometimes like I get help with bookings when like, someone's like, Hey, um, there is an example is like the university program board at a university. Like they're like, Hey, we have our spring show. You want to play. Right. And there's people that are those promoters. They're like, Hey, these people at, uh, old Miss need an opener for this headliner. Can you play? You know, D Rock is uh, heavily involved with some charity work. Uh, you just want to tell everyone what it is and, and how you got involved and why you got involved. Yeah. So um, I'll start off with it's a charity called Let's Fuck Cancer. The CK is a cancer ribbon on the sideways. So it looks perfect. So I really love their branding on that. Right. Because I'm a piece of shit and I always say the fuck word. So let's just keep start that off as like, the worst part, but after 9-11, my dad was diagnosed with blood and bone cancer, right? And I got into music knowing that, hey, I'm going to college, I'm getting a, a big boy job, right? And I picked up music because I wanted to play music, get people together, social gatherings. But I said, hey, it's really cool to raise money for a good cause, right? So now like for this event Saturday at Claudio's Waterfront in Greenport, it's a, it's, a, it's a fundraiser for fuck cancer. It's $20, that's your donation, right? And now you have to think about it. You're raising money for, to fight cancer, there's going to be over, you know, 400 people there all trying to have a good time. There's going to be a beautiful sunset, beautiful weather. And you're going to be listening to good music, right? At the end of the day, you'll be a little drunk and then you'll take a step back. You're like, that was a dope day. But wait, we raised a lot of money for cancer, right? It's just that idea that gives me goosebumps every time I say it. It's like, wow, that was really cool compared to, oh, shit, like I got hammered, dope day. And this guy made a lot of money. But no, it's like, wow, you raised a lot of money for this cause and people feel really good about it. It's also a great way because... When people buy a ticket, they're like, I'm making a contribution, right? And people can have that feeling that like, I made a contribution to this, right? So it's really cool. Yeah, dude, that, that's super awesome to hear that that you're spending so much time and focus on like some something like on a positive thing like that. Do you have any other charities that you'd possibly like to work with in the future? Um, respectively, I've really so I know I don't know if you heard about the the passing of like Steve Farrell, Ryan Keys, mm -hmm. like an Oprah Magos in the hospital. I like I want to figure out a way of like something like that you know like how we can throw like a party for that just to raise money for there but i really like work with fuck cancer i've done probably like seven shows with them now all togetherly probably raised over like fifteen thousand dollars for them you know what i mean yeah and for anyone watching or listening this episode scroll down below and i'm gonna have uh d rocks merch link in uh in the oh. description so go check that out dude i was checking it out last night it's a sick like clothing line I mean, you got some cool stuff in there 
Yeah, I appreciate it, dude. Yeah, I had my buddy, This I found this guy on Instagram and that, that, that's, everybody's always like, oh, but like, how do you network, right? And that's social media. Social media is not used to post photos of yourself to be like, I have this, I have this. Social media, every day I'm messaging 20 new people. Like I message a violinist from Mississippi. I was like, how the fuck did I get connected with this guy, right? I got a saxophonist in Colorado. I got singers in Maine, Virginia, all the way on the other coasts, you know? So that's why I use the Instagram kind of to network with. And that's how I found my guy that made my D-Rock jerseys. He was like, yo, I make fraternity merch. We make jerseys for fraternities. I was like, do you make jerseys for DJs? And I was like, can you make this? He was like, hell yeah, I can. That's sick, dude. That's a good market, right? Because now it's cross-play here because he he talks to fraternities about their merch. Like, yo, we have a DJ. You want them? You know? What are some of your favorite venues to perform at? And um, what are some venues that you'd like to perform at? Okay, so I just went to a show in Brooklyn at the Brooklyn Mirage, and I saw one of my favorite artists called Tycho, T-Y-C-H-O. Very instrumentalist, very good vibes, like very cool, chill vibes. And I, the venue there looked like a freaking castle, bro. It was three levels on the left hand. Looking at the stage, three levels on the left, like private bars, big balcony to kind of look around, right? And on the side, there was a two level on the right, and it was just a beautiful venue. So that's like a diehard venue I like to play at. Um realistically i played at a couple of venues in dc like soundcheck echo stage beautiful venues i played in the grand boston new york city lava marquee but dude the venue that i really love obviously echo stage is up there for number one it's the best venue in the u.s right now rated by dj mag but i really like that idea of like something like claudio's where it's different i'm playing on this back deck it's a beautiful sunset it's not all about the visuals all about the good music and everybody that's going to be there so i really like that i always like that open field and open like area grind instead of being like a warehouse or a venue, right? I like that open space because I get claustrophobic. Like sometimes I'm like, there's a ceiling above me, fuck, you know what I mean? But if there's this open yeah. space all around, you could just wander around. I love when people are just randomly in the corner, like making out or doing stupid shit. And then you got people that are raging here, you know, just all around good vibes, you know? Yeah. So I heard you say like you prefer the open vibe, but do you prefer like a crowd of like 200 people or would you rather have a crowd of like 5,000 people? Yeah, man. I mean, <clears throat> every show is different, right? Sometimes if you can have that boiler room set where it's just a DJ and everybody's hovering around you, that's cool, right? Um, sometimes um, I played shows where there's, you know, Echo Stage fits what? I think close to 5,000 people and there was probably like 2,000 people when I was playing, like there's a big venue. Sometimes you can't really engage with all the audience there. Some people aren't as intoxicated or on whatever they want or anybody that's there for a good time, you know what I mean? Like you can't really engage with everybody. So sometimes it's a little different smaller venues are cool because they're louder bigger venues are cool because you can see a big various people you know so mm -hmm. i can't give you that the right answer there because i haven't really found like that one place where i was like this is fucking awesome you know yeah have you ever been on tour before so i did a a college tour so this pre-covid in the fall i had like 22 shows but this upcoming fall um, playing at eight different SEC schools, and then I have 12 other schools on top of that. So I have 20 shows That's up so until like December 10th. Yeah, so it'd be dope, dude. I know it's it's super cool. Um, a lot of work though, right? Because like a lot of the shows are Friday, Saturday. I work a full time job. I'm like I got to take off Friday. I got to figure this out, you know. But it's gonna be yeah. awesome. It's gonna be so cool. Yeah, dude, living the dream, bro. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work, but <laughs> Thank you, bro. yeah. So are you gonna go to JMU? Are you going to stop there on tour? Yeah, I have. So I have, this was a cool weekend. For Halloween weekend, Thursday, I'm at UVA. Friday, I'm at JMU. And Saturday, I'm at University of Texas in Austin, right? So it's going to be like seven hours from Long Island. Then from UVA to JMU is an hour and a half. And then that that Friday, I come back to New York because I got to fly out because I bought a ticket there, right? That's always an issue when you buy tickets because you're like, cheapest price. But then you're like, oh, shit, another show came in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, that, that's, that's dope because... um. 
Well, you said Friday was when you go to JMU. Thursday, you're going to be at UVA? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I might try to slide to the one on Friday because um, – Yeah, bro. I don't know. Dude, yeah, that'd be sick because also my birthday's that weekend. So that'd be dude, perfect. Through. All right, dude. I'll, I'll definitely keep in touch about that because I'm sure a lot of my boys would like to go to that too and just anyone at JMU. I mean, the ratio there is impeccable. So <laughs> I, I, I'm sure we can get anyone there. But uh, another random question I have for you is what would you say is the most requested song that you get? Uh, yeah man uh yeah when i play like the clubs right they don't really allow people to request songs kind of like you play your own music but when i play like a private party a lot of people request like the music that i make because sometimes at clubs i'm not allowed to play it or just not fit the vibe but a lot of people request like my song like old school vibe or that night when i'm playing a private party but as for like requested songs right it's always some of those big tiktok songs you know that people want to hear loud yeah. in their face you know Man, fuck those songs. I mean, some of them are good, but some of them are like, fuck I mean, those some of them are nice. just like, I don't know. No, what song, what, what, like, since you started, obviously there's been a million in between, but what are a few songs in your book that just don't miss, period? Dude, don't miss, huh? Um, dude, every time you play one of those old school bangers from 2013, like a, like a tremor, right? Those never miss. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Obviously they're overplayed. If you can get a remix of it, it's even hotter, but like some of the songs that don't miss, uh, like a Fisher track, like I'm losing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those we were actually just hard. bumping that a couple weeks ago when I was at the lake. Yeah. 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 We'll just put that on. Yeah. That song doesn't miss. You're right. Uh, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> now, that I'm, like, now that I'm thinking about it, I was like, shit, like, that's good. But um, before we wrap up, man, like um, any any like plugs you want to give besides your show on Friday, like anything that that uh, that you can yeah. tell everyone? Yeah, for sure, dude. The one thing I want to highlight is like anybody that's like an aspiring artist, whether you're doing this, this or this, right? Everybody, you're trying to build a creator economy and whoever you network with always has connections, right? So the biggest aspect I could share with people is that social networking and just networking playing out and socializing is the biggest quality anybody can have right that's why i use instagrams and network with everybody right not to show off but it's like hey i have this it's not hey i have this it's more of like hey i'm connected with these individuals how do you know him right i have this guy you know what i mean so that was the big thing i would share for anybody that's like an aspiring artist in any type of field right just social networking skills and you could start off slow right like i remember when i was nervous i didn't even want to show my face i was like hey man can you listen to this song you know what i mean and be like oh dude i like this listen to this and that's how i network with him and then i met him and then i met him and then you know what i mean that's how i met uncle phil you know type shit like that but um you know the show i have at claudio is this saturday is sold out right it's a great venue but the next show is august 21st in new york city um at this dope rooftop um a couple floors up so it's like a little bougie rooftop like tropical vibes uh beautiful scenery so it should be dope do you play a lot in New York? I mean, obviously you're from Long Island, but is that where you play predominantly? Uh, realistically, yeah. When I host my own shows, I do in New York. Um, sometimes I'm in Boston, DC, or New York, or Miami for shows on the East Coast, right? Because those are like the biggest places to play. But most of my shows are college fraternity shows, yeah. Nice. And where do you see yourself in 10 years? I mean, I know that's like such an open-ended question. Yeah, ideally. Um. You know, ideally, I really like the social gatherings. I like the idea of music and I like the idea of bringing everybody together, whether it's the artist route or whether it's like, you know, representing a couple artists, like helping them build their careers. I just really like the idea of the music industry, although there's a lot of bullshit in it. I like the idea of helping people out and helping them grow. So in 10 years from now, dude, you know, it's really cool because one of the goals I have is to raise a butt ton of money for fuck cancer. Another goal that has to be attainable is something like, 
someone was like, yeah, I want to be Tiesto. I'm like, yo, that'd be dope. But like, he's been doing his whole life. So like me, realistically, I want to be in a role where like, like a two friends is right now, right? They're mm-hmm. touring, they have all the colleges on lock, you know what I mean? So that's like a realistic goal that I think that can be attainable within the next two, three years. But in 10 years from now, right? If I told you I wanted to be Tiesto, you'd be like, all right, D-Rock, I'll see you in 10 years. You know what I mean? So that'd yeah. be cool, you know? So, I mean, you're only 25 right now, right? Uh-huh. So, so your audience is predominantly like, like the college scene? Yeah, I would say my audience ranges right now from, let's say, 18 to 29. Okay. Yeah, because they have there's some high school kids that are just graduating that listen to my stuff. And then I have, you know, from my my freshman year to those seniors that I was talking to, they all, like, kind of knew about me from DJing. So I would give that range, you know? Nice. And you kind of just dropped some advice, like, a couple minutes ago about social media. But I always ask my guests this at the end of the show, what is one piece of advice you could give to anyone watching or listening that um, – like just, just general life advice. Yeah, man. I mean, um, my first one says closed mouths don't get fed, right? If you don't ask, you'll never know. So that'd be my first mm-hmm. one, right? I always try and let people know my value. And I say like, hey, without any disrespect, this is what I value myself at. Um, and if you don't speak about it, they'll never know. Second thing is I love using the word fair. Like when people are like, hey, um, we want to book you for a show. I'm like, well, what do you guys think is a fair value? Right? Like, I don't understand their budget. And then it's that idea of like, okay, you can leverage that being like, yeah, I think that's a fair offer or say, Hey, I do not think that's a fair offer right now. Instead of saying, no, I can't do it. It's like fair. You're like, Oh, questionable. And then, you know, I would say the third thing is, sorry, I got to recap on it. It's just networking. Right. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of people in the creator economy where I'm a musician, but I have people that are selling jerseys, t-shirts. I got someone that does this type of work or graphics over here or video over here and just friendly connections opens every single door you know yeah what what social media do you use the most when you say instagram dude as much as i like instagram i want to use tiktok more right mm-hmm. um it takes a lot of time and effort and it's not that i don't have the time and effort to do that it's just the idea of being lazy i would say i'm very lazy with tiktok although i know there's an aspect of saying it could really help you blow up it's just i'm a little lazy with it you know yeah no so am i I could definitely like do more clips and stuff on tiktok but the thing one thing that i that i feel about tiktok is that you can have a massive audience and they might not follow you wherever else you might go because it's kind of just like a quick browsing audience where they just see it they they follow you but then yeah but then if you link like a youtube channel or if you link to your music the chances of hundred thousand people like even five percent of them going and checking out that music it's pretty mm-hmm. slim because it's just like what's next it's like quick quick um you know videos and stuff that, that go on fast so for sure yeah and one thing that you can help me with the thing about this podcast is one thing that i like to outreach for is i'm actually looking for a videographer and someone that's good at editing right like i like to make funny stupid skits throughout the day but like realistically through tiktok you only have your phone, right? If I had a professional guy that'd be like, yo, let's make this funny skit. It'd be driving us both back and forth, getting good engagements. That's what I'm constantly looking for. Someone in Long Island that, you know, that can make this skit for me. We can get together and we can, you know, make something great, you know, instead of me recording on my phone, be like, Hey guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. I can reach out to some people. I mean, I don't know about in the the Long Island area, but I have a few friends that that are into videography. Yeah, for um, sure. Let them know. For sure, dude. Because I mean, those those quick skits, dude. Some of them, some of those are killer. Honestly, I know, dude. I know, I know. And those and those catch fire. I mean, like you get the right one, like, jeez, uh, bro. You're golden. You know, right? Seven seconds, good clip. You're golden, bro. Yeah, just like the Vine days. Honestly, yeah. that's one. That's one app I wish I had attacked. Because I was like, 
12 Dude, years old at the lit, time. Bro. Vine was lit. Vine was, Vine was big lit. And now it's like TikTok. They got like four minute videos and I'm laying in bed and I'm like, holy shit, like four minutes has gone by and I'm just wasting time. Like I'm yeah, like, yeah. well shred YouTube or something where at least I can skip through it. But yeah. But uh, D-Rock, thank you so much for joining me, bro. And uh, yeah, sorry again about exactly. being a little late with the inspection, but... I'm about to apologize, dude. All good. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bro. Love you too, bro. And uh, follow Derek on Instagram at D-Rock Music. Again, check out his merch line. His charity link will be below in the description. Um, excited to, to hear about the show on Friday. And then also August 20th. 21st. 21st, 21st yeah. August 21st in New York. So if anyone listening is in New York in that area and wants to go to a rooftop setup, make sure to buy tickets for that. Uh, going, going on tour. Hell going yeah. to the college scene, going on tour soon. So again, ch- check out his website and uh, see if you can attend one of those uh, one of those shows. And hopefully I'll be able to slide to JMU over Halloween. Yeah, bro, I was just going to say, don't forget, everybody show up to JMU and UVA for that show. UVA is going to be like, yo, what? You invited like 500 people. I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> What's the capacity on those venues? Ah, dude, everything changes. You never know. You really never know. Yeah, I understand. So, uh, so yeah, guys, if you're watching on YouTube, please like, comment, subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please rate five stars. Today, I was joined by Derek Guitardi, aka D Rock, 25 year old DJ representing Long Island, New York, JMU mm-hmm. alumni. Today was Tuesday, July 27, 2021. This is episode 61. I'm your host of the show, Michael Marr, and I'll see you guys next week. Yeah, thanks, Michael.